Welcome to the FBCLB podcast, where you'll find the preaching of Dave Delaney, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Long Beach. Thanks for listening. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's go to Galatians chapter 4, and we'll continue uh, pastor's series through the book of Galatians, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be in Galatians chapter 4 uh, this morning. And to Galatians chapter 4, and we'll start reading in verse number 8. So if you found your place and you're willing and able to stand, if you could stand for the reading of God's Word uh, this morning. And uh, let me again thank you for being here. And uh, I just praise the Lord for the opportunity that He gives me to preach. And then Pastor asking me and uh, trusting me with, uh, with this opportunity uh, as well uh, to preach. If you're visiting for the first time, let me say you need to come back next week. Okay? Uh, you need to hear Pastor. You need to listen uh, to his Bible teaching, and you will you will really enjoy it, okay? And so, uh, if you're here this morning, you're getting second best, okay? Or third, fourth, I don't know. You're getting <laughs> not the best, okay? So come back next week. You want to hear Pastor as he continues this series through the book of uh, Galatians, all right? So Galatians chapter 4, we'll start reading in verse number uh, 8 this morning. He says, How be it, then when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them, which by nature are no gods. But now after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Ye observe days and months and, and times and years. I'm afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. Ye have not injured me at all. Yet... Uh, ye, know, uh, ye know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first, and my temptation which was in my flesh ye despised not, nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Where is then the blessedness ye spake of? For I bear you record that if, I had been, uh, that if it had been possible, ye would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them unto me. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They zealously affect you, but not well. Yea, uh, they, would, they would exclude you that ye might affect them. But it is good to be zealously affected, always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you. My little children of whom I have prevailed in birth again, unto Christ, in, uh, prevailed in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I desire to be present with you, uh, with you now, and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Today we're going to talk about, we're going to ask the question, are we living like slaves or are we living like sons? Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would bless us this morning. I pray that you would bless the reading of your word. But Lord, I pray that you would bless the preaching of it. I pray that you would give me power as I preach. I pray that you would give us ears to listen, heart to put into practice the things that we will hear this morning. Again, Lord, we pray for Pastor. We pray that you would bless him and that you would use him. But I pray, Lord, that this service today will mark a difference in each and every one of our lives. We thank you for just being so good to us. Bless us this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Amen. Understanding that we are sons is something that will bring each and every one of us to a different place in our lives. Understanding our position uh, in Christ Jesus. When we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we, when, we, uh, when we experience the gospel, which is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that we become the sons of God. We become sons and daughters of God. And understanding our position as a son 
or a daughter in Christ is brings us to a place in our lives where we really understand the purpose that God has for us. But the truth is, is that even though we may not fully understand all of our position as a son, sadly, sometimes we make a choice to live like slaves. We choose to live like slaves to what the Bible in this passage calls beggarly elements or, or, or the traditions of men, or those things that once we were in bondage to. Uh, Pastor spoke about the last couple of weeks about our privileges uh, as sons of God and what it took for us to become a son of God and Jesus Christ dying on the cross and He adopted us into God's family. And as we look at all that and we look at the greatness of that truth, we also have to understand that once we are sons, that doesn't mean the bondage leaves. That doesn't mean the bondage disappears. Now it is placed aside and it should change our priorities, but the bondage is still there. The opportunity to go back into the bondage is still there. And that's what we see that is happening to the church of Galatia here. The Apostle Paul has a very personal uh, investment in the people of Galatia. He spent time there. He loved them. He preached to them. He served them. He, he, he compares it to travail uh, in birth. He, he's gone through circumstances while he was there. He has gone through much uh, much work in the Word and discipling and teaching and loving and helping and encouraging to where this is very personal to the Apostle Paul. In this passage, you learn uh, many things that the Apostle Paul tries, tries to teach the people, but I believe what he's trying to get across to them is the fact that if they are sons, then why are they choosing to live like slaves? If they really are sons, if they've been adopted into God's family, then why do they make a conscious choice to live like slaves? It seems like it's foolish to us, but we're going to get to in the message where we too, or we just as they do sometimes choose to live as slaves to the beggarly uh, uh, elements that he talks about in this passage. One of the things that, that, that jumps out right out of this passage is the tone that the Apostle Paul takes. If you read in verse number 20, he says, I tell, I, he says uh, verse number 20, I desire to be present with you now to change my voice, he says. This is not just something where the Apostle Paul is trying to convey to them through a letter. It, 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 gets, lo it gets lost in the blog, right? It gets lost in the letter. He says, I wish I was there so that you could hear the change of voice that I'm having, the tone of my voice, so you understand not only the serious nature of what is happening, but also the foolishness, the foolish choice that you are making. How foolish it is for you to, as a son, choose to live as a slave. We could talk about the benefits that it does or that we do have to live as sons of God. And I think Pastor touched on that uh, the last couple of weeks. The privileges that we have as sons to go into the presence of God. The privileges that we have as sons of God to hear the voice of God and the Word of God and to be able to live the way that God wants us to live. But I think a lot of times we forget about the essence of living as a son and we choose to live in slavery to the beggarly element. There's a lot of words in this passage that kind of pop out. Beggarly elements. Desire. He says turn. He, he gives all these different phrases and all these different words to get us to understand that this is a choice that you and I make on a daily basis whether we are going to live as sons and daughters of God or if we are going to live as slaves to bondage. If we're going to live as slaves to the weak and the beggarly elements. So the question this morning is very simple. Are you living like a son or are you living like a slave? 
Are you living like a son of God? Are you enjoying the position that you have in Jesus Christ? Or have you made a choice in your own life and in your own heart to accept the position that really doesn't even belong to you anymore as a slave? The Bible says to them that believe, He gave them power to become the sons of God. The truth this morning is that if you are saved and you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is freedom in God's family. There is freedom in being God's Son. And it's foolish for us to go back to the slavery. So this morning, let's learn a few principles that the Apostle Paul tries to teach the Galatian people as they make this choice. In verse number 8, he says, How be it then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. Little g. So the Apostle Paul goes back and he says, How be it then that when you knew not God, this is in your past. This is before you heard the gospel. This is before you had a real encounter with Jesus. This is before he changed your life. This is before your knowledge was enlightened by the word of God, the preaching, by the gospel. He says, listen, before you knew Christ, before you knew Christ, how be it then before you knew Christ, he says, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which are not even gods. The Apostle Paul is trying to get them to remember what they were without the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul is trying to bring their memory back to where they were without Christ. He says, listen, you didn't even know who God was. You didn't never had an experience with God. You served gods that weren't even gods. You served idols that weren't even, that could never do anything for you. You gave yourself to things that couldn't even do anything for you. And the Apostle Paul is trying to get to the point that we'll get to in just a few minutes that God is so much more than anything else we could ever imagine that serving God should be such a great priority to us. But he says, but in your past, remember the service that you gave to the gods that weren't even gods? <laughs> the service that you gave to the gospel that wasn't even a gospel? The service that you gave to those beggarly elements that never did anything for you, that never had any substance, that just failed, that just flaked, that just fled away. The Apostle Paul is trying to get them to understand his legitimate fear. The Apostle Paul had a legitimate fear for the people. He had a legitimate fear. Why? Because they were turning away from God. They were turning away from God. He says in verse number 9, But now, after the you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? We find the frustration of being a slave to the beggarly elements. The Apostle Paul says, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten what it was to be a slave to the beggarly elements? But now that you know God, I'm even more concerned for you. In verse, in verse, number, in verse, number, uh, in verse number 10, he says, you observe the days and months and times and years, and I am afraid of you. What he's trying to say is, listen, I fear for you. I fear that I've wasted my time with you, teaching you and, and discipling you and doing all these things because you, you missed the point. <laughs> The Apostle Paul is trying to get them to understand the serious nature of turning from God back to the beggar, beggarly elements because for us to turn from our position as a son is to give up the privileges and the blessings of being a son of God. The Apostle Paul has a legitimate fear for them because they are turning from God. Paul is writing to the, to the Galatians and he basically tells them that he doesn't want this to happen for them. That Why, why in the world would you turn from your position as a son, the freedom that you find in Christ to the bondage that you find to these beggarly elements. 
to these things, to these idols, to these gods who are no gods. But now you've known God. You've experienced God. You've seen God. He's worked in your heart. He's worked in your family. He's worked in your church. And God's doing great things. But still, you made a conscious choice to turn from God. The frustrations that come from serving the beggarly elements. There is no level that you can reach. You'll never be good enough. You try and you try and you try and you try and you keep trying and you'll never get to a place where you're accepted by God. That's what they, that, that's what these beggarly elements, that is what the law brings us to understand. That no matter what we do, we are still lawbreakers. No matter what we do, we'll never be able to be at a level where God would accept us. But grace comes and it says, listen, you're already accepted by God. You're already accepted by God. You're adopted into his family. And the, the legitimate fear of the Apostle Paul was that they would get lost in this idea that they still had to do, 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 do. When God says, listen, it's already done on the cross for you. This legitimate fear was that they were turning from God, but they were turning to the law. They were turning to the beggarly elements of the law. They were saying, look, we're letting go of the grace that we can experience in Christ, and we're taking up back these works. Now, the Apostle Paul may have been talking about the 16 or the 613 laws that they'd added, that the Judaizers had come and added uh, there, but the Apostle Paul was coming to a place where he was saying, listen, if you look at the big picture of things, if you look at the grace of God and the freedom that we find in the grace of God and, and the freedom that we find in living in the grace of God and the fact that we can come to God boldly and openly and the fact that God provides and the fact that God does great and mighty works in our lives. And then you look at the other side, you look at the beggarly elements. What would you choose? The Galatians were choosing the beggarly elements. The Galatians were choosing to live as slaves like many of us do at some times in our lives. We choose to let go of the grace of God and we take up the beggarly elements of the law. You see, Christianity is not about what we do. Christianity is about the person who we accept and that's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only one who did it for us. There's nothing we can do to get to a level of acceptance when it comes to the beggarly elements, but we are accepted in Christ. He saved us. He died on the cross for us knowing that we were yet sinners. The Bible says He died for us. The Apostle Paul here seriously questions their maturity. The Apostle Paul likens it to a baby who is born and grows and eats meat and he's eating prime rib but then decides he can't handle the meat anymore so he goes back to the milk and the baby food. This is the picture of the grown adult that walks into the steakhouse and asks for smashed up bananas. This is the picture of the immature Christian who God wants to use, who God wants to work, but because they're so given to the beggarly elements and they've forgotten the grace of God, they're eating squished bananas when they could be enjoying the steak that the son has. Are you choosing this morning to live as a son or are you choosing to live as a slave. I, I, there's a few words in verse number 9 that to me are very fascinating. The last part it says, wherefore ye desire again to be in bondage. Ye desire again to be in bondage. 
If you read that, you're thinking to yourself, man, what is a desire? Desire is what you want, is what you long for. It's what you are longing for. And the Apostle Paul says, look, you desire the, this bondage. Brother Derek, come on up here. It's, it's not just the fact that, you, that, that yeah, you know that the bondage exists, and it's not just the fact that you're going to this bondage. It's the fact that you know that this bondage exists, and you want it to be there. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out of these things, so we'll see. But you willingly go and put yourself back into the bondage. You have all this freedom in Christ. You have all this freedom to live as a son. But you've made a conscious choice to go back to the beggarly elements. And listen, you may think this is freedom, but this is really bondage. You may look at it, and this may be a silly example, but that's exactly what we do when we forget the grace of God and we forget the benefits of being a son and we go back to the works of the law. Folks, what I'm saying this morning is, it's, it, yes, it's frustrating to live in bondage. Then why do we go back to it? It's frustrating that we can't do and we can't go and we can't experience. You're supposed to stay there, Derek. Yeah. It's frustrating that we can't experience everything there is in being a son. And now we're here. And now we have to live with the bondage. But, but Jesus Christ made us free. But we make the choice to go back. We make the choice to go back. The Apostle Paul says, this is, this is my fear for you. It's a legitimate fear because you're turning from God and you're turning from the law. And it's foolish for you to go back and put the chains back on. When the Lord Jesus Christ came, I need you to start taking these things off because if not, we're going to be in trouble. But here's what we do is we come and we are chained. We are in bondage to the beggarly elements. Come on, Derek. I need to continue here. I need, oh, there we go. Keep them on, keep them on, keep them here. And listen, the truth, they come with me there. Okay, the illustration over. Come with me, okay? Simon says, but we chain ourselves to the beggarly elements and we lose the freedom that we could have in Christ. Folks, do you realize what the freedom is that we have in Christ? What the freedom we is to live where Christ wants us to live and what Christ wants to do in our life and the fact that God can talk to us and the bondage is still there. It hasn't disappeared. It's still there. And so what we do in our own lives is we go back to these beggarly elements who are insignificant, small, ugly, you good for nothing. And we chain ourselves to them. Being made free. The Son has made us free. And he says, if the Son's made you free, then be free indeed. Don't go back to the beggarly elements. Don't go back to those things that never did anything for you, but changed you, but restrained you, but kept you from doing everything that God wanted to do in your life. Don't you think it's kind of frustrating to have yourself chained to Derek? Poor Jillian. But then how foolish it is knowing that we have freedom and now I have to go everything with this guy? But isn't that what we carry so many times in our own lives? Isn't that what we choose to go back to? We think for some reason in our brain, we think, man, remember what it was like. Oh, the freedom I had. Really? Being in bondage to the beggarly elements was freedom? Being in bondage to the law was freedom? 
Being, making sure that you're good enough to do whatever God wants you to do was freedom. That's not the truth. Freedom comes when we find Jesus Christ and he makes us free. And he says, listen, you don't have to be a slave. You don't have to be in bondage. You can live free. The Apostle Paul had a legitimate fear for the people of Galatia because the Apostle Paul understood the choice that they were making to go back to the idols, to go back to the beggarly elements and turning from God. Let me just remind you of something this morning that if you are not as close to God as you once were, God has not moved. You've made the choice to go back. God has not moved. You made the choice to turn from God, to turn from His grace, to turn from His goodness, and go back to the beggarly elements. But it was a choice. It was a choice that you made. The Apostle Paul says, man, I fear. My fear is that I've wasted my time with you. We've sat there and we've learned and we've studied and we've been discipled and you've grown. You've grown a lot and I'm excited of where your growth is. But then I hear that you're going back to those Judaizers that put rules on you that say you have to do this and this and that to deserve God when God says, listen, you're already accepted in me. We go back to the rudiments of the law. We go back to these things that are empty and useless. Those things that have not brought us any good. The Apostle Paul is saying, listen, isn't it foolish? It's not only frustrating, but it's foolish to go back to the beggarly elements. Paul had a legitimate fear. Thank you, Derek. But he, encouraged them, he encourages them to have a logistic following. Yeah, you're going to need that. <laughs> Look at what it says in verse number, verse number 12. Verse number 12 says, Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are, and have not in, you have not injured me at all. You know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first. And my temptation which was in my flesh, ye despised not nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ. Where then is the blessedness that ye spake of? The Apostle Paul tells them that it's, that it, that it's not him who they've insulted. That it's not him who they have hurt. That it's not him who they have who, who they have turned from. Paul is telling him, listen, our friendship is not affected. It's personal to me because I understand that you are turning from God. Remember, and he tells them, he brings them to remember. He says, remember when I came to you and I was physically sick? Remember when I came to you and I was physically sick and I continued to preach the gospel and you didn't reject me? You didn't think it was because this or that? You simply accepted me as a servant of Christ. He's saying, you didn't see me when I was sick and feeble and in this condition turn to the law, turn to the rituals of the law. You didn't see me turn to these beggarly elements. He said, I turned to God. Trials are meant to take us to God. Trials are meant to point us to God. Trials are meant to draw us closer to God. The Apostle Paul says, listen, my example in trial, if you want to look at something, you've got to look at my example. I preached when I was hurting. I preached when I was, when I was sick. I preached when, when I went through all these things, but I was faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul says, listen, if it came to the point, you would even give me your eyes. What happened to the blessedness you spake of then? You were convinced back then. What happened to your, your convincing now? Hey, follow me. 
Not because I'm something, but because I'm faithful to God, because I've put my faith in God, because He is who I am following. He tells them, am I your enemy because I tell you the truth? Isn't that what happens in relationships? The truth sometimes hurts. The Bible says that the wounds of a friend, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. The Apostle Paul could have said, listen, Galatians, you've kind of strayed, but it's okay. You'll eventually come back. And look, don't worry about it. You're not immature. Listen, you're not immature. You just went. No, no, no. The Apostle Paul could have done that to the, to the Galatians, but the Apostle Paul decided, listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. The Apostle Paul is trying to get them to understand that he's not the enemy. He's the one that's trying to pull them back. He's the one that's trying to teach them again. He's the one that's trying to say, listen, I'm not there right now, but I wish I was there. I'm not your enemy by telling you the truth I'm actually showing more friendship than I am than I am being an enemy to you this speaks to the issues of having roots in the Christian life the fact that any wind can blow us away the fact that anything that is said to us can take us out of church the fact that anything that happens to us seems to turn us back to the beggarly elements it speaks to roots the apostle Paul is trying to tell him listen you've got to be a little bit thick-skinned when it comes to your Christian life you can't just be blown away. You can't just go here and there. You can't just keep running back to the beggarly elements. You can't just keep going back to those insignificant things because there's real substance in Christ. The Apostle Paul is trying to get them to understand, listen, when I was there, ye came, I came and I was sick and you accepted me. You didn't reject me. The Apostle Paul is trying to get them to understand the importance of, giving, of, of putting down roots in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Strength in the Christian life does not come from your church attendance, though your church attendance is part of drawing root, of growing roots. It comes when we have a real relationship with God. It comes when we speak to God and God speaks to us and we walk with God and where it's not just this weekend trip that we do to church, where it's an everyday relationship with God, where we are intimately involved and God speaks to us, we speak to Him and we bring things to God because He knows us like nobody else knows us and we know Him. The Apostle Paul is trying to get them to understand that, that Christianity, a straw of faithfulness, is not formed in good or easy times. It's formed in the furnace of fire, in the furnace of affliction. It's a logistic following. Paul is trying to teach them, listen, I'm, I'm gonna, you got to follow my example in trial. Not because I'm something, but because God is something. I'm not your enemy because I'm telling you the truth. I'm being more of a friend to you by telling you yeah, that, that it's foolish for you to turn from, to the beggarly elements. The Apostle Paul is trying to get the point of cross that we all this morning need to understand that we need to be strong in our relationship with Christ. The Apostle Paul was no longer there. The Apostle Paul was no longer in their presence. And because of that, they turn to the beggarly elements? Again, he speaks to their immaturity. He speaks to the fact that they haven't grown to the point that they need to grow. They haven't gotten to the point that they need to get to. They haven't matured in the Christian life. They're still eating squashed up bananas. The Apostle Paul says, listen, I just hope that you put roots down in the Christian life. 
That no difficulty will come. The trials that you saw in my life, the, 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 we, don't, we don't really know from this passage what exactly happened to made the, what made the Galatians turn back to the beggarly elements. Many commentators, many commentators that I read seem to think that, uh, that, that the Judaizers came in and started confusing and started saying, okay, the grace, is, the grace of God is good. Salvation by grace is good. But then you have to do this and this and that. And the people said, oh, well, that sounds like it's right. And they followed it. The Apostle Paul is trying to tell them, listen, you've got to be stronger than that in your Christian life. You've got to put roots down. You've got to make sure that your relationship with Christ is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And just because the preacher is not there doesn't mean that you flake. Just because he's not in your presence doesn't mean that you become unfaithful. The Apostle Paul is just simply trying to teach them, listen, follow my example in trial. I'm not your enemy. I'm more of a friend than your enemy by telling you the truth because the truth is what's going to help you grow. The truth is what's going to help you, again, get freedom from those beggarly elements. Why? So that you can live like a son in Christ. But then look at what it said in the last few verses of the passage, that there's a likeness forming. Look at what it says in verse number 16. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Verse number 17 says, They zealously affect you, but not well. Yea, they would exclude you that ye might affect them. The Apostle Paul tries, speaks into this idea of the Judaizers being there. And he basically tells them, listen, they're zealous to get you to do what they want you to do because it benefits them. Because it benefits them. It doesn't really benefit you, but it benefits them. It benefits their cause. Look what it says in verse number 18. But it is good to be zealously affected, always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you. Obviously, they revered the Apostle Paul to a point that they took his word as gold. The Apostle Paul says it's, it's good when somebody speaks into your life, but make sure it's the right thing they're speaking to your life. It's good to receive teaching, but make sure they're teaching you the right thing. It's good to receive preaching, but make sure you're getting the right kind of preaching. It's good to go, and it's good to experience, but make sure it's the right kind of thing. Why? Because the Galatians had been drawn away from God to the beggarly elders because they listened to the wrong thing. A mature Christian can hear a sermon, could hear a lesson, could talk to somebody, and discern whether this is good or not. He's speaking to their maturity, their roots. But then he says in verse number 18, or verse number 19, my little children. Again, we see the personal nature of the letter the Apostle Paul is writing. My little children, of whom I have travail in birth again. Listen to this. Until Christ be formed in you. Until Christ be formed in you. In you. This gives us a little insight of the heart of a pastor, doesn't it? This gives us a little insight of the heart of a pastor. The Apostle Paul is no doubt pastoring these people with passion. And he comes and he says, it's like I travail. It's like I've given birth to you. It's like the pains of giving birth. He says, listen, until Christ be formed in you, the goal of a pastor, the goal of a Bible preacher is to make you mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's so that Christ can be formed in you. Success in ministry comes when those who we are ministering to become more like Christ. 
Success in ministry comes when those who are me are ministering to become more like Christ. Take steps to become more like Christ. This is the process whereby then we become more like Christ. He says, he says my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I teach, I teach, I preach, I pray, I cry, I help, I minister, I visit. I'm there with you. I listen to you. I speak to you. I teach you. I preach to you. Why? Because Christ needs to be formed in you. Because you need to get closer to Christ. Because you need to be more like Jesus. We need to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ. This process becomes by an introduction. It begins with an introduction to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Christ 101. This is salvation, but it's not just salvation. It's sufficiency in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's when we find our satisfaction in what it means to be a son of God. The satisfaction that we live in. Not the bondage that those beggarly elements have, but the satisfaction that we find in the Lord Jesus Christ and being a son of God. Phillips in his commentary says the gospel is not merely a set of precepts to believe. It's, not, it's a person to be received. It's not a question of changing some pagan religion or philosophy in favor of Christianity. It's an introduction to a new life in Christ. Law and grace are mutually exclusive as a ground for salvation. Law says do. Grace says done. Law says try. Grace says trust. Law says it up to you. Grace says it's up to Him. Law takes us to Mount Sinai. The grace of God takes us to Mount Calvary. Grace provides not only for the believer to become a child of God, but also for the child of God to become a man of God. Folks, it's not, it, it, salvation is exclusive in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sanctification is the process whereby we go to while we are becoming like the Lord Jesus Christ. It begins with an introduction of Christ. This is Christ 101. You're saved? Okay, here's everything you get when you get saved. You get freedom in Christ. You get freedom to live the Christ life. The life that Christ wants to live in you. It's not you living your life anymore. It's Christ living His life through you. That translates to you at work. That translates to you at home. When somebody looks at you, when somebody hears you speak, when somebody sees your kindness, when somebody sees your attitude, they should see Christ in you. I heard the story of a little girl who... Uh, was, was, was thinking about salvation and she was just a little bit confused and really a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, uh, afraid of what it meant to be saved because her Sunday school teacher is saying when, when you accept Jesus, He comes to live inside of you. And one day her mom was washing dishes and the little girl walks into the kitchen there. She says, Mom, I need to talk to you. Mom's like, alright, let's talk. She says, well, I know that if I die in my sins, I'm going to go to hell. But I also know that Jesus died on the cross for me. But my teacher in Sunday school kept saying that if I get saved, he's going to live inside of me. And mom, I just don't feel like I'm big enough. He's going to stick out everywhere. It would do us good to let Christ stick out everywhere in our life. It would do us good to allow him to control every aspect of our life. It would do good for the people at work to see Christ in us. 
It would do good for the lady at the grocery store to see Christ in us. It would do good for our children in our home to see Christ in us. It would do good for our wives and our spousal relationships to do to see Christ in us. It would be good for our fellow church members to see Christ in us. What I'm saying is this doesn't just translate in a, in, in a closed aspect. It translates to the rest of your life. The Apostle Paul is saying, listen, until Christ be formed in you, the goal of the Christian life is to become like Christ. And it begins with an introduction to the Lord Jesus Christ. It begins when we yield our hearts and ourselves and our will to Him. You cannot live the Christian life to the fullest until you, be, you are becoming like Christ. Until you are becoming like Christ. How does that happen? Through your relationship with Him. It begins with an introduction to the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, when you got saved, you got God. When you got saved, you got the ability to live in freedom and not have to go back to the bondage. You can live the Christ life. You have to yield yourself to it. It's a transformative work that only happens when we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God. It only happens when we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God until Christ be formed in you. Begins with an introduction, but it continues with an invitation to change. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 14 says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same idea of becoming to the image of Christ. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. One time I was, I was wearing a little, one of those little pins for, I believe it was a sports team or something on my sequel, and I walked into church and somebody said, that pin becomes you. Listen, I was born in 1988, okay? So I've never heard that becomes you, Okay? I was a teenager, I remember thinking, what becomes me? Like, what are you talking about? So I asked one of, the, one of the more mature people in church, you know. I said, what does it mean when somebody says that becomes you? They're like, well, it becomes, it fits you well. It means that it, that, that, that it fits who you are. That's what it means when we become like Christ. It fits us well. It's an invitation to change. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 18. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of God, are changed into the image from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord. We put off the old man with his deeds, and we put on the new man. We don't lose our identity. We find our identity in Christ. This is the transformation that happens in our hearts, that happens in our lives, that happens in our attitude. How? Through the Holy Spirit of God working in us. Paul is, Paul is there and he's trying to tell them, listen, I wish you could hear the tone of my voice and the importance it is to allow yourself to be transformed by the Spirit of God. It's an invitation to change. What are we changing? The beggarly elements. The bondage. For what? For freedom in Christ. But it's an identity discovered. We find that we are we find ourselves when we are becoming more like him. We are sons and daughters of God. 
Those who turn their back on God and go back to the beggarly elements are actually being someone who they're not supposed to be. Those who are following Christ and those who have found their identity and their freedom in Christ live the Christ life. Why? Because it's Christ living in them and through them. They're becoming more like Him. The goal of the Christian life is to be more like Christ. What steps do you need to take this morning to be more like Christ? What steps of growth do you need to take this morning to be more like Christ? Maybe you need to commit yourself to your relationship with Christ. Maybe you need to commit yourself to your financial giving to Christ. Maybe today you need to commit yourself to your church attendance. I don't know what it is in your what step of growth you need to take in your life, but what I'm saying is Christ needs to be formed in you. What the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, our job isn't over until Christ be formed in you. God's not done with you. Yield yourself to Him. Every step is either forward or backwards. If you are not as close to God as you once were, take a step towards Him this morning. If you find yourself going back to the beggarly elements, focus on Jesus Christ once more. Refocus your life. So how does, this, how does this apply to me? Sometimes we look at it and we think, man, that's so far-fetched from me. But the Apostle Paul is trying to say, listen, until Christ be formed in you in your workplace, until Christ be formed in you in your home, until Christ be formed in you when you're with your wife, when you're with your children, when you're at church, when you're at the grocery store, the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, the goal here is to be more like Christ. So where are you at? Are you living like a son who is becoming more like Christ? Or do you find yourself going back to these beggarly elements? Do you find yourself willingly putting on the handcuffs and being in bondage when there's so much freedom as a son of Christ, as a son of God, but you made a choice to be in bondage? Maybe you're here this morning and you've never been made free. The Bible says that the Son can make you free. And if the Son can make you free, you'll be free indeed. Folks, if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've never accepted Him to, be, be, to become a Son of God, somebody can show you this morning how you can be saved. But if you are saved, let me ask you this, are you becoming like Christ? Is Christ being formed in you? Is Christ being formed in you at work? Is Christ being formed in you at home? Is Christ being formed in you in your relationships? Until Christ be formed in you. Don't go back to bondage. Enjoy the privileges of the Son.